The following podcast is for mature audiences only. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Drake41, a.k.a. Mr. 4K, a.k.a. Drake41, also known as Drake41 Gaming, and you're listening to Kim Trail's podcast. We are the nation of domination. I'm a lineman in color. Don't diss the man. Overbump rush your mother. Now listen what I'm saying. It's for real, not playing. Farouk is the man. Hit your knees and start praying. Nation, Got power like the bear. Quick like the cat. Put two and two together. Fill your face on the mat. Man, I just want to piggyback on that. I was I was gonna bring this up earlier, but it's funny you mentioned Farouk. Because when I was growing up, man, the Nation of Domination was the shit, man. <laughs> nation yeah. of Domination, Farouk, The Rock, uh, D'Lo Brown, all them cats, man. And I yeah. think they broke, they they made The Rock uh, defect from them because I think they was getting too powerful. And I think they were seeing they were starting to bring too many black people together, man. Because if you think about it, it was like all black. And them motherfuckers yeah. was running shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I don't know about this. And then they was doing a black power fist and stuff, too, in the middle of the ring. And yep. it was like, and then they had all that African gear on and stuff too. And it was like, no, nah, hey man, a rock, you got to break this shit up, bro. And then that's when a rock started beefing with Farouk. But I'm telling you, man, the nation of domination, motherfuckers was running shit, man. Now, it was basically like the black NWO. Yeah, it definitely was. Now, yeah. let me ask you a question with this: What do you consider the rock? Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Chemtrails Podcast. I'm your host, Mo Chris, along with AP. What up? And today, people, we got a special guest today. We got Dre41 Gaming. He's going to bless his presence today on this episode. Say say something, uh, Dre. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's uh, Dre41 Gaming creator on youtube i do a lot of uh videos in regards to drawing on your phone uh making logos for yourself um i've been doing this for the better part of 10 years now so i'm deep into the game right now got a couple of subscribers on youtube followers on twitter instagram things of that nature but um yeah man just uh, happy to be a guest of your show man thank you man man yeah. I, man man we appreciate it and, and they can find you at dre 41 on all your platforms right Yep, just Google Dre41, probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah, you can find me anywhere. It'll pop up with all my social media accounts, so not too difficult. Oh, man, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. And so we're going to get right to it, man. Like I said, we begin our segment with what's on your mind, and we're going to give this to Dre41. We're going to let yeah. you start first. What's on your mind, brother? All right, so um, the homeboy that people elected, you know what I'm saying? He's going to get us into uh, World War Three. So my whole thing is with this is, here's the crazy thing. I always was interested in survival mm-hmm. shows. You know what I'm saying? Like if some, this, you know, if power was to go out, you know, how, how do you, you know, start light? How do you start a fire? You right. know, things like that. And I feel like, you know, if this guy was reelected, honestly, I, I feel like we would have to prepare ourselves for the worst case scenario because the most dangerous thing in the world is this guy's ego. And I don't mm. even want to say the name because orange guy, Agent Orange. Um, Agent. <laughs> like, yeah. he is just like he's a weirdo. And I'm not understanding how somebody could be allowed to have that much power 
and have such a childish mind to get mm-hmm. us into a position where we have people from across the world hate us. I mean, it's bad enough people hate us because we're in America, period, and we already got the cops hating us, but now we right. got people never meet wanting to launch missiles at us and possibly start World War III. Like, that's something that I'll always think about and say, like, if that was to happen, am I prepared? Do I, I can say I watch these shows and I think I know how to survive if World War III happened, but right. with that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just watching something mm-hmm. living it. Well, you know, that's why they make those shows. And mm-hmm. like Walking Dead, I think you was uh, referring to that, like watching these Survivor shows. Uh, and 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 one thing I can say, I know recently they were supposed to be going to a period of, they call it de-escalation. Like, so it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going to stand down right now. But I don't really, I'm not convinced that it's completely over. You know, maybe just at the moment. But I, it's just, yeah, man, like I said, this, this president, he's, he really putting us into a, a vulnerable position in, in America. Are we ready? I don't know. Are we? Hey. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's a situation where we're just going to have to find out. And that's, that's like terrible to say it like that. But yeah. it's just a situation with this guy. It's like he could just make a decision that affects all of us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, oh, I thought this, this, this general was helping terrorists. So yeah, let's just throw a bomb at him. Right, oh, right. Where's the proof at? You just saying this, but you know, give us some type of documentation, put something out, redact whatever you need to, but put something out to where it eases our minds to say, okay, well, you made the right decision as opposed to yo, what are you doing? Like, I feel like sometimes I gotta make a video and say, guys, we're in America. He's crazy. I don't know how he got into power, but guys, mm-hmm. that's not us. Like, we, please don't attack us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel. Man, those, those, man, we, we feel, we ride along with you, uh, Dre. AP, man, what you got on your mind? What's on your mind? Man, before I say what's on my mind, just to piggyback on what my man Dre just said, it's a reason why that other countries are, it's a reason why they want to attack us. It's not because of, like you said, it's not because of us. It's because of what the people in power are doing. And the reason why the people in power are doing that is because I've been uh, doing a lot of research and listening to the uh, Moors. I don't know if you're familiar with the Moors, Dre. But what they've been talking about is basically how how the government and uh, the people in power have been tarnishing our name so that when we do get mm-hmm. back in power, because they know it's coming, when we do get back in power, all the bridges going to be burned. You know, So it's going to be hard for us to try to reach out to other countries mm-hmm. and stuff and try to and try to make bonds you know what i'm saying because they done burned all them bridges by you know slandering our names and making us seem like all this propaganda and stuff so i mean it's a it's a reason behind everything it's a it's a reason behind everything that they doing but uh the thing that's on my mind is kind of still piggybacking on what andre was saying was that this thing in virginia man this thing is getting wild bro that stuff in oh, virginia what's... about the with the guns yeah yeah yeah, yeah. man that I... stuff bro Oh, oh, so man, yeah. So Virginia, the the governor in Virginia was man. I don't even know how it started. They, they had a, a, gun, rally, like yeah, a gun he, rally. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to take the guns away from the citizens, right? Mm. So he he's trying to basically make the police go to house to house and take the guns away from the citizens. Yes, and so this mm. what the what the police did is they was like, man, nah, we ain't doing that, bro. We we now nah, what we gonna do is they basically made like the the communities or the the, the counties they made them like like a sanctuary, so mm-hmm. basically like they made them like their own like basically they in charge of their own selves, 
You know, so I'm mm -hmm. saying they like their own governing bodies. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so, what, <laughs> so what the governor did was he said, okay, so y'all about to do that. So I ain't got the police backing me. I'm about to bring the National Guard in. Oh, wow. Yeah, bro. This shit getting oh, real. And oh, so oh. they just had like a uh, like a, a rally, like I think two year, uh, two days ago at the state capitol. And it was like over, I forgot how many people, man. It was like a whole bunch of people. And they all had like assault rifles and handguns. And like not one person got shot. Not one person got arrested. It was a, peace, a peaceful protest. And even mm -hmm. boy uh, Alex Jones, that's in Austin, he was up there in a damn tank. What? Yeah, <laughs> Alex bro. Jones in a tank, bro. Yeah, man, it's getting real, dog. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking this was a test to see that to see oh, how yeah. how far they can get as far as taking the guns away from the American citizen. And they see that they failed because they see that we're not giving it up. So yeah. like I said, it's gonna be a World War Three. Maybe it's not gonna be us versus Iraq or Iran yeah. overseas. Maybe it's gonna be more of a civil war. The World War Three yeah. starts as a civil war here, and then it turns into a world war. Because you, I mean, based off history, you know, once you start fighting yourselves, the other people see that they be like, right. "Oh man, USA weak now." Hey man, let's go and take that over. Let's jump over there. You know what I'm saying? So when yeah. we fight ourselves, then you got other countries coming in too, trying to take us over. So yeah, man, it's getting wild, bro. But I'm, it's funny you mention that, man, because that's been on my mind. But yeah, that's on my mind, Mo Chris. We we gonna uh, what we're gonna do? We're gonna keep following this situation we'll keep following this situation and we're gonna definitely update everybody and we're gonna pay attention to what's going on because the media they just they just pushing this off as a, a gun rally yeah it's more and, you know it. it's oh yeah it's definitely yeah. more it was more too to the chart the charlottesville thing too oh yeah yeah so they, they it seemed like uh they're making virginia the battleground mm -hmm. sound like Make sure to join us and subscribe at www.chemtrails.mn.co. All right, we back. We'd like to thank y'all for tuning in to Kim Trails podcast, and and we back for the takeoff. And uh, since we got our man's today, Dre41 Gaming in here, and uh, today's topic, we're going to talk about black people in professional wrestling. Or, yeah, yeah, black people. It, we, basically, we're going to talk about professional wrestling, history of it thereof from a black perspective. And also, we're going to just get us some knowledge. So, basically, a Dre41 Man, can you just give us a little background? Because a lot of our listeners, we might not be fully into professional wrestling, but mm -hmm. I remember me, I watched it as a when I was a kid. And yeah. and so I don't know about you, AP. Out, man, I was a big fan. Shit, I watched of the, that shit to high school, bro. Oh, uh, to high school? W -W hell yeah, man. We used to have <laughs> Rumble, Royal Rumble matches at lunchtime. Shit, hell yeah. <laughs> You ain't do no wrestling moves on your brother, your little brother. Oh man, that's all I did. He was my damn uh, wrestling dummy, man. 
Oh, and man, man, my cousin, man, my my girl, my female cousin Brianna, man, we used to jack both of them up, man. Oh man, look at y'all. <laughs> oh man, oh man, hell yeah, good old days. But yeah, man, go ahead, Dre. Start us off with what's something that you want to start off the conversation with? Because I got plenty of questions and I can't wait to ask them. <laughs> All right, cool. So, I mean, with me, I started watching wrestling when I was probably like five or six. I didn't even remember like what the wrestlers' names were. I just drew them. Like I learned how to draw at a young age too. So I used to draw the wrestlers, like the most colorful wrestlers that I would see, I would draw them and just color them in, you know? So that was my first introduction to wrestling, like Hulk Hogan, like everybody, Bret Hart, One Two Three Kid, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. Those yeah. are the wrestlers that I, I grew up watching when I was a young kid. And it's crazy because we didn't even have cable and somehow I found like, I somehow seen it on TV, mm. you know? So right. it was something I was really interested in, mainly just because of the bright colors and the characters. It wasn't what was going on in the ring. It wasn't about what they were saying on the mic, the wrestling moves, none of that. It was strictly based upon the look of the character. That mm -hmm. that was going at first. And that's what, when anybody's flipping through the channels. It's either the action on the screen or what they're wearing that catches your eye. Because a lot of times you're not paying attention to what you hear on TV. You're seeing it first. Right, right. So that, that's definitely one thing that caught my eye. I've been watching wrestling since. I mean, there was points in times where I kind of, you know, dwindled mm -hmm. down watching wrestling mainly because you know you get into you know liking you girls. get older yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. puberty yeah. hit <laughs> Just life starts hitting you you know you got to work and things like that but i mean i still continue to watch wrestling now uh with the internet you know i i watch wrestling all across the world from japan to europe south america mexico canada even hawaii i mean there's wrestling all across the world, independent shows, and not just the top three or four companies that you might see on TV now. I have a couple of friends who actually wrestled. One in particular, I might share a story of his or two that he shared with me. His name was Sean right. Stott. And okay. uh, he wrestled for the WWE a couple of times back in 2007, 8, and 9. He had some tryout matches, but um, due to a back injury, he wasn't able to uh, wrestle anymore. Uh, but he's still my boy. I still talk to him from time to time. He lives up in Massachusetts, not too far from me, about a two-hour drive for me. But yeah, man, I, I'm still a fan, still very interested in watching the product, a student of it. You know, I still go to their shows. I still buy the merchandise. Right, right. now, I got a, a Kenny Omega shirt on, which is like a Bullet Club t-shirt. Oh, okay. uh, Bullet Club, like a new version of the NWO back in the oh, 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, um, NWO. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically here's the crazy thing. Some of the people from the NWO who had kids have kids in the Bullet Club, which is <laughs> that sound like, about right. Yeah, because I mean, well, the NWO came out about thirty years ago. Yeah, WCW. I remember it. Yeah, yeah WCW. <laughs> yep. So I mean, it, it's it's uh it's really cool, and and since it's in Japan, they can say whatever they want. I mean, it's basically a, a group of English-speaking wrestlers who are the bad guys. Oh, uh, okay. And, you know, like so it's real like... Life. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> they basically just come in, they jump people, they, they trash talk, they take all the championships, and basically that was their role, you know? Right. So, I mean, wrestling right now for me is really cool, especially with, you know, being able to utilize the internet. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Speaking of championships, we we on from understand it's it's not have been that many black um champions. 
Uh, the first one was Ron Simmons, right? Yeah, so the first champion, um, black champion, was Ron Simmons, um, okay. also known as Farouk. He won that in Baltimore, I want to say early 90s, against Vader. He won the WCW Heavyweight Championship. That was his only championship title reign. And I feel mm -hmm. like because the crowd was, I mean, you could probably see it if you want to YouTube it, but majority of the crowd was black because it was in Baltimore, Baltimore City. And I feel like they needed that title change for the crowd to go home happy. Sometimes they do right. things like that in wrestling, make sure the fans go home happy so they'll come back for the next show. Right, and that's right. that's called future booking, you know, so that, that's something that they do as well. But yeah, he was the first black uh, wrestling champion, only won it once, but uh, nonetheless, he really broke down the wall for future black champions to really pave the way. Man, I just want to piggyback on that. I was I was going to bring this up earlier, but it's funny you mentioned Farouk. Because when I was growing up, man, the Nation of Domination was the shit, man. <laughs> nation yeah. of Domination, Farouk, The Rock, uh, D'Lo Brown, all them cats, man. And I yeah. think they broke, they they made The Rock uh, defect from them because I think they was getting too powerful. And I think they were seeing they were starting to bring too many black people together, man. Because if you think about it, it was like all black. And them motherfuckers yeah. was running shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, man, I don't know about this. And then they was doing a black power fist and stuff, too, in the middle of the ring. And yep. it was like, and then they had all that African gear on and stuff too. And it was like, no, nah, hey man, a rock, you got to break this shit up, bro. And then that's when a rock started beefing with Farouk. But I'm telling you, man, the nation of domination, motherfuckers was running shit, man. No, it was basically like the black NWO. Yeah, it definitely was. Now, yeah. let me ask you a question with this: What do you consider the rock, man? So, I mean, basically, like me and Motri say, Samoans is black. But I mean, if you ask a Samoan, they probably say they Samoan. So. But I mean, his father's black. Yeah, his father's black, but he's—he don't say he. I've never heard the Rock say he's black. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've—I've I've heard him say yeah. he's Samoan. You mm -hmm. know, but like, like that's that's just basically saying like the, if the Rock was mixed with black and white, and then he always say like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm white, you know, but he never claimed that black side. I mean, I know he said he got a lot of respect for his dad, but I've never heard the Rock say he's black. I've always heard know, him say he's Samoan. Even in his movies, like. You sometimes you really don't never know what race he is in in his yeah. movies. Yeah, all his all his wives are white. All of yeah, them. I, I saw none that. I noticed that too. Yep. Like none of his movies have he has like a black wife. None. Well, I mean, in I, real life, his wife is white too. So yeah, that is true. Well, well, his first well yeah, but Spanish. His first right. wife is Spanish, which oh, you know okay. that's true. But it's yeah. like, damn, like you don't even represent the other half of your family. Like you don't never talk about none of your other family members that are on your father's side, which is really weird to me. Yeah. But I guess with the Samoan family being so big, I guess it took over more of how he grew up as a kid. But it was just always something on my mind. Like, especially with him winning a championship, it was like, do I consider him a black champion when he really doesn't say, hey, you know, I'm one of the list of black champions in professional wrestling. Tiger Woods. Yeah, Tiger Woods. <laughs> just saying it's the same thing, bro. Tiger Woods. He's talking about the Tiger Woods effect. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. man. Because he never said he was black either. He said he Polynesian or whatever. Uh... Yeah, that's crazy to me, man. It's like, you, how you can't, like, that's, first off, your father there with you on, on the, the, you know, on the golf course, and you just not even just don't acknowledge him at all. Like, he was, he brought you into the, he helped bring you into this world, but. Don't acknowledge the other half of your family. But, you know, I don't want to ramble off on Tiger. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like, to me, it's like, with The Rock, is like, dog, like, I never heard you say, like, I mean, you was with the Nation of Domination, but 
are you black right. though? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It, it's it's crazy to me. But that's just one of the questions that I have. I wanted to get, you know, your guys' opinion on like, what do you consider The Rock? Nah, nah, it's, it's, it's no, no problem. But one thing I can say before we get off The Rock, but when I was living in Hawaii, they they don't like The Rock. Well, they they don't like him now nah, because they say he went Hollywood, meaning he mm. kind of act funny even to his people in Hawaii. Yeah, and and if y'all ever go out there, those some real down to earth people. I felt right at home in Hawaii, and but I got story for days out there. But anyway, Dre for the one. I know you you a big wrestling fan. You do a lot of research. Your 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 YouTube channel is based upon that. You got. About what five thousand subscribers? Congratulations! Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, five thousand. Yeah, we trying to get where you at, man. Hell but... yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it started off with only three hundred about twenty sixteen. One of my friends actually was like, "Yo, Dre, like, you should really try to, you know, get your YouTube channel going. Like, really be serious about it, because there's not many, you know, guys that are black that have a a wrestling channel on YouTube or like do." you know, game content from a black guy's perspective. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just like, you know, let me give it a shot and see where it goes. And, you know, even on Twitter, like I had a hundred followers, you know, and that grew to right. five. You know what I'm saying? So it was just having the drive and the dedication to really build my brand and really, you know, have something to say in regards to pro wrestling and how I view it and how I you know, where I see it going or my opinions of it or uh, specific wrestlers in it. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really cool being able to have a voice that people want to hear, you know, my opinion. I mean, millions of people have an opinion about things, but when you're able to, to get people's attention enough to subscribe and really invest in time to listen to you, that's, that's really a cool thing. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Chemtrail listeners, if you out there and you're making a positive impact in your community, well, we would love to showcase your work. Just email us at chemtrailspodcast at gmail.com. question i wanted to ask you we were just talking about uh, you know first like ron simmons you know first black champions but we was for our listeners we wanted to know how do how does one become champion in the wrestling because we know it's choreographed so Uh how do they pick like who's the champion who's not and like how did that process how that process goes can you enlighten us on how that goes well, the, the simple way of it is, is if people pay to see you win or people pay to see you lose. Um, if okay. they put you in the marquee, say like, you know, this guy is facing this guy in the main event in a steel cage match and only half, you know, half the, the building is full. 
they're pushing you back down to the beginning of the show and they're going to try to see who else can, you know, sell out the crowd. You know, that's one of the reasons why Hulk Hogan was WWF champion for so long in the 80s is because every time they went to Madison Square Garden, they sold it out. Mm. Uh, same thing with Bruno San Martino. He sold it out all the time. So they were champions because they were able to make the company money. Now, in current wrestling, it still works that way to an extent. It's a lot of politics within professional wrestling to where some of the top guys don't want to see anybody else get go above them or become right. more than them. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's all up to the, the promoter, you know, and the promoter sees a wrestler and they say, oh, I, I feel like I can make money off of this guy. That's kind of what happened with Brock Lesnar when he first mm-hmm. got into wrestling in the early 2000s. It was like this big guy, six, what, six foot three, 300 pounds, and he could move like a running back in the ring. And, you know, mm-hmm. they pushed him to the moon at the age of what, 20 what, 22, 25? Right, he was right. the WWE champion in history, mainly because of his look, his athleticism, and people paid to see him. Mm-hmm. You know, he made it look legitimate. He brought wrestling back to, I, I can't say back to the Stone Cold era or maybe Hulk Hogan era because that was a different time, but uh, mainly how a wrestler really does get, get over mm-hmm. uh, is based upon how many, you know, seats he sells out. You know, it's always based upon that. They'll never, I mean, they'll never not use somebody if they know that they can sell seats. You know, it's it's all about money, you know. So so it's basically building a character. Absolutely. Absolutely. The character, so the the building the character process, it it always changes. Like you you watch The Undertaker. The Undertaker ain't the same Undertaker you've seen back in 1990. He changed his persona. Multiple times, you got to change with the times. Uh, you got to have a pulse on on the fan base. You know what they like, what they want to see. Like in the eighties, you know they wanted the say your prayers, eat your vitamins. In the nineties, it was you know middle finger to your boss. You know beat up your boss. <laughs> you know what I'm saying here on the job. You know what I'm saying. Nowadays, it's more along the lines of a character who just seems to be the underdog and can win. That, that kind of is how it happened to where another black champion was was made back in 2019, where, you know, the, the wrestler's name is Kofi Kingston. He's actually from Ghana, West Africa, came over oh, okay. to America kid, and he was in the company for 11 years before he became champion. I mean, there was times where they pushed him to the top and they dropped him right back down. They brought him back up and dropped him right back down. And, and it was like a really special moment as for me to see a guy who, like in my time, because Ron Simmons, I was a kid when that happened. Right. Like a little kid. So, you you know, you barely remember that. You got to watch it on YouTube or whatever. But to see a guy win the the, the WWE Championship on on YouTube, on, on wrestling and period, it was really cool to see. Mm. Man, speaking of Kofi Kingston, so I don't, like I said, I used to watch wrestling all the time. But uh, like I said, I kind of keep up with it a little bit, but it ain't the same. But it's funny you mentioned Kofi Kingston because he was the champion. So they they premiered SmackDown on Friday night. <laughs> this motherfucker Kofi Kingston, as soon as the match started, this motherfucker lost to Brock Lesnar yeah. in like less than 10 seconds. I'm like, man, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> premiered SmackDown on Fox. Yo. I said, come on, bro. Y'all ain't had to do us like that, man. 10 seconds. <laughs> Man, that shit pissed me off, man. That's why, like, that's why, like, I don't even watch that shit no more, man. Yeah, that that <laughs> that bothered me because it was like it was such a great story for him to get up to yeah. the champion, and they was hyping him up. 
they just threw it away. Like yeah, he like they, ran. He basically ran into Brock Lesnar's arms and his motherfucker <laughs> did F five, and then I was it. That I'm was like, it. Y'all for real? That's it. I mean, honestly, I, I felt like he was gonna lose anyway. But damn, at least let him put up a fight. Exactly, man. That's you my point. Let him put up a fight, man. Don't go out like no little <laughs> punk. You know what I'm saying? Yo, they did him dirty. They did him dirty. Yeah, they did. And all they, they can did. do is just take it. Yeah, oh, and he never got a rematch. Never got a rematch. No, they you know they ain't gonna give him no rematch. He went yeah, back they, to the bottom, like you said. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically how it happened. And now this time, WrestleMania is what three months away. He's a tag team champion now, so now he's not even a singles wrestler anymore. They put him back in a tag team. Like, no, you you go back down here. You 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 had your your fun in the sun. Now you go back right. down here. You chill. So yeah, it, it was shady with that. I, I didn't like that at all. I felt like. He should have been champion for a full year. And if he would have lost to that WrestleMania, cool, no problem. He had a full year as champion, great. But, I mean, you know, that's how the company goes. I mean, it's ran by people of, you know, of a certain skin tone. So, you know, it is what it is. Hey, Mo, Chris, I actually do have a question I want to ask. I know you probably got some, too, but I want to ask my man, Dre, real quick. I don't know if it was. I think it was WrestleMania. I'm not, I don't know which number. I can't really keep yeah. up with it. But it was Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. Oh, WrestleMania 21. That was New York City. Oh, WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania Man, was, 20. That was, the, that was the most disappointing fucking main event match I've ever seen. And I, <laughs> so I, I heard it's a rumor. Before you say anything, I heard it was a rumor that that uh, Bill Goldberg like hold his, hurt his shoulder or something. And that's why that went down the way it did. So on my end, what I've heard was it was both of their last night. And honestly, they were just like, we're, we're not going to hurt ourselves trying to do this main event. Like, Brock Lesnar wanted to quit. You know, he was tired of the travel. So he wanted to stay more in the United States, you know, do football, which, you know, cool. It is what it is. Goldberg only had a one-year contract, and that was it. He didn't like the style of WWE. He didn't like, like how they treated women there, you know, with, with the Braun Penny matches and things like that. So it was just like... I'm straight. Like, I did my year. I'm doing this one match, and I'm out. So it doesn't really matter how I do because this is my last day anyway. Like, imagine if you're last day on the job. Like, uh, you're not going to yeah. go all out. Hell I'm yeah. Happy. Like, fuck. Yeah. I'm out. Like, I'm good. I, I got paid. You gave that me my money. It makes sense now. It makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I was so, like, man, what yeah. the hell? This shit It's like 10 seconds again. No, you know what? Here's the crazy thing. They actually had a rematch a couple of years ago. And it was way better. Like, they really performed, but the oh, okay. match was only about five minutes. Okay. <laughs> so, mm. so, yeah. I mean, with, with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, Goldberg is super old now. So, it's Hell like, yeah, you've got to do your best you can with what you can do with him. Right. You try to put him in a 20-minute match, he's going to die in that oh, ring. Yeah. yeah. And Brock Lesnar ain't going all out like he used to back when he was in his 20s. So, you know.
clue what we about to do. They don't know that I really grew up into this. Now, as a kid, I used to watch the Junkyard Dog and, um, you know, wrestling. And we had to survive the fight where we come from, but to bring all pro wrestlers together and do something different that never been done, yeah. it's about to be a game changer. And giving people opportunity. Creating stars that never had an opportunity that these guys should have been on the big stage. And we, we're gonna take some of the most powerful wrestlers in the game right now to another level and put on the show. Worldwide. Worldwide. Brains. This man a brain, baby. Let me tell y'all something. He ain't got his respect, baby. He a genius when it comes down to this. Well, what you was able to do with what you had, and now us together, they in trouble. We back, and we about to head into a uh, cruising altitude, and uh, we just gonna keep this conversation going. Dre Forty One, mm-hmm. House of Glory Wrestling. I think they just got acquired by uh, Master P. Yes, it, uh-huh. it happened late twenty nineteen. I want to say October twenty nineteen. I was surprised, honestly, because it was like Master P came out with his like his own sneaker again with his son. Yeah. I think he was doing like the grown up hip hop thing. And it was like, wait a minute, he bought a wrestling company? Like, wait, like what world are we in right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. Master P is no stranger to wrestling. Like he was in WCW too. If people oh, remember yeah. that. Like No Limit Soldiers were in WCW and they they got paid well, oh. like from story heard. So, I mean, he knows the value of professional wrestling and fans and, you know, merchandise and everything like that. So for him to get into it, I mean, it was a long time coming. I was surprised, but looking back on his history in professional wrestling, I'm Mm -hmm. not that surprised because he realizes that there's a huge, huge fan base for it. Not even only in mainstream, but independent wrestling as well. So with him being in in it, I mean, he hasn't done much. He hasn't really like shown his face. He's really been more behind the scenes, um, but I'm, I'm I would like to see him take a, a mm-hmm. authoritative role in the ring, maybe like right, a Vince right. That would be cool. I, I would like that. I think that would it, be cool. It, and he he has the height. I mean, if that yeah. doesn't matter, but you know, yeah. I mean, and he's older know, now. But, you know. Yeah, he, he's older. But I also want to ask you <clears throat> how uh, how important this move is to the black community because you know if you look at like NFL or basketball where uh-huh. 90% of the players the athletes are black wrestling is a little bit more diverse as far as racial right or... I, I would say it's still a situation where I want to say a majority of wrestlers are still white Right. I, I do say that it is way more mixed now uh, than it has been in the past but I mean, it's still a good mixture of of different characters. Like, you don't want to see the same looking characters on your screen. That's really not going to indulge anyone into really, you know, keeping up with the product. You want to see people look different. You want to see different type of characters. 
just not from America, but from across the world as well. You really want to make sure that you have a diverse crowd because you're trying to get everyone, as many people as you can, to watch your product. (laughs) And, you know, diverse crowds, they also make the story more interesting. Oh, absolutely. Like, you could, honestly, you could watch a wrestling show, not even just on TV, but online. And if the fans are going crazy, that gets you invested into whatever going whatever is going on in the ring. I mean, I've seen matches where the fans were chanting the whole time and it was so live. And that mm-hmm. act fuels the wrestlers to really keep going. It gives them that adrenaline rush. And I, I've seen interviews where wrestlers said that before, even with a friend of mine who used to wrestle. He told me about that before. It's like when the fans are behind what you're doing, it really makes you go that extra mile, that extra distance. When you're in pain, you're, you're winded, you get that second wind and you're ready to like, do anything and everything you can to entertain those right. fans. Right. And I bet yeah. you that's, how can I say, the glory of it. The, yeah. The thrill <laughs> of it. What makes them keep doing Because uh, if, if a lot of, what, they lose a marriage behind wrestling, it's a, a lot of times, like, who, who was that that killed himself? Uh, Chris Benoit? Yeah. So, okay, here's the crazy thing. Because I talked to a lot of people about this. And I feel like I feel like he did it, number one. I do feel like he did kill his family. Other people would like to say it was a conspiracy and all this other... First off, nobody, no wrestler that I've ever seen has enemies to where they're like, they're going to conspire to kill his family and him and make it seem like he did it. No. no. Right. What they said was he had the brain of an 80-year-old man with Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, all that pounding. Yeah. Hitting the... Mm-hmm. hitting the mat and my thing is is it's like how are you able to function on a day-to-day basis with that type of condition you know what i'm saying i don't feel like that might be true i feel like he had some demons maybe some mental issues where it was you know and, and then one of his best friends died a couple of months before yeah him. you know so i feel like in the world of professional wrestling, it's really different. Like, it's not a nine-to-five job. You know what I'm saying? You're on the mm-hmm. road 300-plus yeah. days a year. You don't see your family. A lot of things happen. You find other people on the road. You know what I'm saying? You find people mm-hmm. who are interested in the same things you are, and your wife or husband are not there. And right. it's like, okay, well, you know, let me chill with this person. They cool. And then just chilling turns into something else, which turns into something else, you know? so. Right. It happens a lot. Like, it really does happen a lot. And, yeah, like, relationships, from what I see, if I was to ever, like, become a professional wrestler, honestly, I would have to bring my significant other with me everywhere I go. Like, you got to come with me. Now I see why Macho Man was so crazy with Miss Elizabeth because it was just like, yo, I got to make sure my wife ain't messing with nobody else. So, yeah, like, relationships in wrestling – and then, like, a lot of times, even on TV, like, they bring that up. And it's like, all right, man, y'all got to relax because y'all doing some crazy stuff on TV. Like, I'll be damned if my wife is kissing another dude on TV in front of me, even though we acting. Cool. I, okay, great. We getting paid. But y'all got to <laughs> relax. Don't be using no tongue. Keep it keep it simple. Don't, don't go too crazy. <laughs> like, remember, we acting here. Like, th- this is a job. This ain't real life. You got to chill. Man, speaking of relationships, man, I came in at the right part, man. Excuse my mm-hmm. absence. I remember when Mark Merrill was mar- married to Sable. 
Oh, bruh. Sable, man. She was like the baddest thing. And then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar got it now. I'm like, I don't, what, the, what the hell happened? <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the crazy thing with me. It was like, what you going to do, fight Brock? <laughs> yeah, you're you know? right. I'd be like, man, you can have a bruh. I ain't even... take that L. Yeah. You, know, you got that one. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, but I mean, that happens. Like, even right. like just, just with relationships alone, like it, it's a lot of uh, situations where if both of you are working in the same company, and then let's say you get hurt, you got to go home. She's still on the road. Yeah. So dudes who was trying to holler, now they yeah. got free reign. They they right. on it. You at home, like you ain't on the road. You know, so it's like she got mm. grabbed up. Well, I mean, I guess they yeah. was on the rock way. And what you going to, a dude who's yeah. six foot, 300 pounds, take your girl. And what you want? Let's fight. No, you won't lose. <laughs> that, that's, that's your loss to take. You got to hold that one. But well, suppose um, suppose I heard that Mark Merrill was like abusing her or something. I see, but you know what? That's all a woman. Not to get into a whole different situation. Right, 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 right. Not true or not, but I feel like that that's that's the go to. Yeah. That's always the go to reason. It's like you don't never know. Right. Nobody's perfect at the same time, but you right. never know. So same with uh, Stone Cold and uh, what was his wife, uh, Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, yeah, it was the same issue with them with them too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be the same type of issues, you know, but um, right. I don't know about that one. That one is, yeah. is crazy because it was like, I, honestly, I can't met me personally. If I was a wrestler and there was a woman in wrestling, you have to think like she messed with other wrestlers. Like, right. You're not the first guy. Right. I was feel kind of funny. Like, yo, I'm about to mess with somebody that this dude messed with and this right. dude messed with. Like, yeah, because nah, I. I think she was with Jeff Jarrett before, right? Uh, Jeff Jarrett, she, oh. she used to escort him out to the ring or whatever. Damn, yes. she got around huh? like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was wrestling, you know. Yeah, yeah. wrestling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they do what they want. I mean, you know, that that's that's their thing. You know what I'm saying? But for, from the outside looking in, I, I would honestly try to keep the greatest type of relationship I could. I would right. not. I would not leave their side. If I get hurt, we both off the road. Like, right. We both injured. Like, let's go home. Wait, well, and it's funny you mention that because Booker T had his wife and she was a ride or die. You know, they ain't yeah. Booker T ain't mess around. And he, you know, like I'm saying, <laughs> like whenever he was gone, she was gone. You know, she wasn't wrestling when he wasn't gone. So it's yep, funny you mention that. Like, but they was they were black, so you know. Yeah, and, and yeah. Booker T is one of one of the black champions as well. He right. uh uh, actually, a six-time world champion. He won five of them in WCW, one of them in WWE. So, I mean, he's one of the great names. And not even only that, like, he was a tag team with Harlem Heat. Oh, yeah. You know? WCW. Yep. So they did they think, too. Like, he's one of the great black champions. Even Mark Henry. Right. You know, mm -hmm. you know Mark Henry, who was on... Olympic, um, Olympic uh, champion. Yep. Wasn't he a gold medal? Olympic gold medal champion? Uh, no. Oh I don't think won a gold medal i think he he did he did go to the olympics but he did i think he won like a bronze oh but, bronze. yeah but even at the end of that like he was folding a uh, frying pan so it's like right. uh, you know what i'm yeah. with you you wow. good like, you got this you know what i'm saying so ain't nothing wrong with that at all but yeah like as far as like just with the black champions man it's it's really not that many i mean there was so many black champions i mean black wrestlers who i wanted to see as champions like ahmed johnson couldn't cut a promo to save. Pearl River Plunge, baby. Uh, Pearl River, <laughs> Mississippi. Man, that's my boy, man. God damn. Yeah, Pearl Johnson. River Plunge. Man. Yo, he used to fight off with the uh, Nation of Domination all the time. 
he stayed getting his boot smoke with them. He will always but lose. It's it. funny you see that, though. They had a black man fight, fighting against a nation domination versus anybody else. It had to be Ahmad Johnson, one of the big, strong black men, you know, going yep. against going against Farouk. You know what I'm yep. saying? He He's basically like Killmonger, Motri. Oh, he, I got it. Yeah. Ahmad Johnson was Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy when, it, when you think about it, and it's just yeah. like, um, you see all these black wrestlers come through, and it's like, they don't, like, these companies really don't invest in them. They kind of just say, oh, they're, they're, you know, big guys, and they're strong, and all this, but it's like, when you have a guy, like, these black wrestlers who come in, like Ahmed Johnson, who could probably legitimately, at his time, back in the 90s, can legitimately beat up half the roster, yeah, okay. but he's not a world champion. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it kind of makes you like, okay, like this this is a bit weird now. Like this guy, 300 pounds, he can move around, he's fast, strong, but he can't win a championship. Uh, like, are you serious? Like, he won the Intercontinental title, right. but where's his world title at? You know, and then they did this angle where this this guy, Gold Dust, kissed him on the lips yeah, and all this other that. stuff. And it was like, yeah, all right, like, you know, yeah. and then they did the same thing with Booker T when he got beat up in a grocery store. Like, you know, got on him and all yeah. this other stuff. Like, yeah, they did him dirty, you know, at certain times. But, you speaking, know, this is what they do. Yeah, speaking of Booker T and Ahmad Johnson and all them, I want to keep the energy going. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Mo Chris, but uh, Booker T actually from H-Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, knew him that. and Stevie Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Matter of fact, brother, my, my, yeah. Uh, my best friend Omar, he, done a, he did a movie uh, with Stevie Ray. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Man, that's Let's be on the safe side. See, I told hey AP, I told you, man. This dude, right? I told you it was the truth, man. Uh, yo, I was interviewing a guy in Japan and literally it just recorded the, the, the video and no audio. So now I'm backing up everything just to be on the safe side. Yeah. yeah. They probably ain't want you to have that. That's why they did it like that. No, I don't know. These, these programs are funny, man. And that's man, why I got to. I think it's more telling than that, bro. You know what I'm Every time me and Mojo be trying to talk about some real shit, my 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 internet connection start acting funny, and then my video start lagging, and all mm. kind of shit, man. Oh, we, uh, we we the I tell you, say we we woke here, man. <laughs> we got we got our ten coil koofy hats on. We, <laughs> we got our ten foil hats on over here, Dre. So just we, we I'm warning you, just warning. I hear you. I hear you. Let's get down, man. I'll. I got a I got a question for you, uh, Dre. I mean, I been wanting to ask you this for a minute now, but man, who's your favorite wrestler, man, of all time? Uh, and and, and I'll, I'll let you give me a tie too. It could be like between two. I just want to hear. Okay. I just want to see where your mind is at. All right. So of all time. Damn, this is bad. I know. See, this, <laughs> see we having a show with you know talking about black champions. That's why I, I said I, that. I want to keep that same energy going. Just see where your mind at, bruh. Oh man, see you trying yeah. to play. 
<laughs> his favorite is not a black person. Yeah, hey, this my favorite. Show. My favorite is not a black person. My hey, favorite, my favorite is not a black person either. That's why I wanted to see where his energy was at, man. Okay, it, it's okay. Two of them. One of them is gonna be CM Punk, and the other one is Shane Douglas. I remember okay, the Douglas boys. No, no, not from the not the Dudley boys. Oh, okay. Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas, the franchise. Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas. Oh, I heard of the franchise. Oh, it's, it's coming back to me. He wore yellow, yellow and black because he was from Pittsburgh. Um, he used to come out with Francine. He was an ECW. I, I know I watched ECW, but the only people I can remember is uh, Sabu. Uh-huh. Then uh, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. And then uh, Mike Awesome. Which I thought he was the franchise. I'm trying to think who the franchise was. He had blonde hair, beard. He used to come out with Bam Bam Bigelow and uh, Chris Candido. They were called the Triple Threat. Yep, that's who it is. That's that's the franchise. I don't remember him, man. Yeah, that's who it is. Damn, you would pick somebody from ECW, man. He was one of the top guys in ECW. He was one of the top guys. Like and he was Rob the- Van Dam was ECW, Mr. Monday Night, man. Uh, no, can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. Man, uh, RVD. Uh, Rob was not, okay, Rob was popular, yeah, but popular. not a main event guy. Man, yes, he, he was, man. What? Rob Rob Van Dam would sell a show out, bro. I'm telling you. Straight up. People would come- class, bro. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> Shane Douglas will go in there and, and invoke riots with his promos. All right. Rob Van Dam did not talk in ECW. Rarely. And there was a reason why he always stayed mid-card in the middle of the show because he could all, he could he could perform in the ring. Right. People couldn't do what he did. He was very right. innovative. Oh, yeah, hell now, yeah. Rob Van Dam wasn't better than Sabu. I'm just gonna put that out there. Man, but um, crazy as hell. What? <laughs> man, Sabu, man, he like Sabu is basically like mankind. I'm over just like inflicting pain yeah. on his body. Oh, remember mankind? Yeah, that's what Sabu was. Sabu, Sabu is mankind of ECW. That's yeah, listen, listen, Sabu was crazy. He was yeah, innovative, he and he would he he must have loved professional wrestling because he was in barbed wire matches where his bicep got ripped open with barbed wire. He taped wow. it up. And still kept wrestling. Yeah, that's mankind. That's what I'm yeah, saying, well. man. <laughs> the same person, man. They the same person in different uh, wrestling avenues, man. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, but my my, it's a tie between mine, man. I got Bret Hart mm. and Shawn Michaels. Oh come! On. I like Shawn Michaels, bro. Shawn Michaels, man, from Texas, bro, San Antonio, bro. Come on, man. Shawn Michaels wasn't no a performer. No, I'm not. But why would you? Why would you put both of them, like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels? Yeah, Come I on, know, man. Man, I just, I, I, I have an affinity with Shawn Michaels for some reason. But Bret Hart's like, man, Bret Hart's like number one. But I mm. mean, from time to time, it might tie between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. But I'm always going to Bret Hart for number one because that dude was cold, man. He never took oh, no risks. He was calculated. I just like Shawn Michaels because he. He was flying, man. That's what I'm saying. He'll get on that ladder and he will fly. And I, I used to so like that. He'll man. jump. He's like real small, but he's flexible and he'll whoop your ass, man. I'm sorry. I can't I can't run with that. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, Shawn Michaels was cool. Bruh. It was cool, but I, I can't say Shawn Michaels was one of my favorites. I, I he he top five. Yeah. But he's not top two. Definitely not top two. No, I ain't say it's, I'm just saying with me. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, I put a couple, a whole bunch of guys on, but I'm just saying as far as I go, it was Bret yeah. Hart. I always had an affinity with Bret Hart and then Shawn yeah. Michaels. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, I was like Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. I, Undertaker yeah, always caught my eye because of just the intro. I think mm-hmm. I fell in love just just off the intro, man. Yeah. And yeah. Nobody else had an intro like the Undertaker, man. man he'll get you ready. Uh, Undertaker and fucking mankind, bro. No. Probably all times, or like the Boiler Room brawl, mm-hmm. the Hell in the Cell, bro. They had the best matches, man. Them motherfuckers put their bodies on the line. Listen, I remember the first time they had a Hell in a Cell match. I think I was 11 years old. And um, I went up to my neighbor's house. They were moving to go down south. And they were like, oh, you know, we're going to order this pay-per-view. It was King of the Ring, 97, I remember. And they were like, we're going to watch this match. And I was like, oh, they're climbing up the, the Hell in a Cell. Oh, they fighting. They're going to fall through because they're heavy. And when I see Undertaker throw Mankind off the Hell in a Cell, I was like, oh, they killed him. They killed- <laughs> Everybody <laughs> said, they even JR, like, they killed him. They killed yeah. him. Yo, like, how can you survive that? Like, Mankind, honestly, like, was one of the toughest wrestlers ever. Yeah. Mm. Ever. Like, you, like, they did so much crap to him, and it's like he still got up. It was like, it really made you believe that he had, like, the heart of a champion. Like, he would keep coming at you, and you had to be, like, fearful of him. Like, that was a great character. It really was. Yeah. So, uh, Dre41. You know, wrestling was huge in the 90s, and we know that it started to a dip, well, like the 2000s, really really because of the merge of MMA, the mm-hmm. USC. Can you elaborate, expand on uh, uh, how, that, how that happened, like how people went from staying and watching primetime wrestling to now it's UFC and, like... Okay, so... I mean, MMA in general is more or less nowadays, more now than ever, is wrestling, but on a pure form. Mid to late 90s, professional wrestling was prime time. I mean, you have over 9 million people watching WCW Nitro and mm-hmm. WWE Night Raw. 9 million people. Now, 9 million people just didn't disappear off the earth. You know what I'm saying? In the past 30 years, they gravitated towards something that didn't insult their intelligence and mm-hmm. that's the issue with how wrestling was back in the 90s but back in the 90s while wrestling was at the top of their game mma was trying to build up a fan base and they didn't really have rules because it was something new to america it wasn't something yeah. that was already set and established no they were building it from the ground floor up so it was a lot of mistakes they had to learn they had to process you know issues that they had with different states different rules regulations things of that nature then towards the, the later half of the 90s, early 2000s, Zufa purchased UFC. And then you had him get a, a rules, get the, the the weight classes, get the champions, mm-hmm. everything like that. And people started, just like in wrestling, people started gravitating towards the, the characters of these MMA fighters. Mm-hmm. Quentin Rampage Jackson, uh, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, all of these yeah. fighters who... You, you, they showed videos of them in their real life interviews, things like that, and you gravitated towards them. Anybody who doesn't know who Quentin Rampage Jackson is, come on. Like, you know he a character. You know he howls like a wolf, like, when he mm-hmm. wins or before a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they mm-hmm. understood the value of pro wrestling as building characters. Right now, Dana White is not going to book somebody as uh, in a main event title fight who fans don't care about. It's never going to happen. Ever, not ever right, again. Right. 
after um, Conor McGregor. You think he's going to do that? Conor McGregor is a great character. He lost to, to Floyd Mayweather. You think he's still not a top star? He yeah. sells out wherever he goes. People yeah. will buy. He knew he was going to lose to that fight. Yeah, he, yeah, he ain't about to beat Floyd. Paid. But he got paid. And that yeah, he did. Yeah. character. You know what I'm saying? Like people right. either paid to see him win or paid to see him lose. Right. Same thing in professional wrestling. Like yeah. Dana White, he makes these re- these fighters do promos, you know, these interviews, you know, because he know what it is. Right. Professional mm-hmm. and MMA, the only difference between the two is one is scripted and one isn't, depending on who's fighting. Because right. some of those fights, man, I'm like, mm, I don't know if he gave it his all. He probably took that down for a paycheck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but yeah, um, back to how the fans left wrestling. It, it was just being insulted, you know. But like, you see something on TV, and you're like, "Come on, man!" Like, seriously, like for for an example, you have a wrestler go into a funeral home and fake having sex with a dead body. Like, come on! Like, oh you, yeah, that the antics was yeah, kind of like, too high. Who, yeah. who was that? Triple H. Triple H, he was having sex with a dead body on television. Yeah. When was this? This was the early 2000s. Man, I don't remember that. Who who was the dead body or who was it? It it wasn't a real dead body. I know, but I'm saying, like, who was it supposed to be? Well, it was supposed to be this girl who I guess was in love with Kane, Undertaker's brother. Yeah, I remember Kane, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a great angle. It really wasn't. Yeah, so it, it's stuff like that, and it's like cartoon characters, you know, in wrestling, and it was just like fans felt insulted, and that's kind of how I felt to where it was like, okay, but WWE bought out all their competition, so this is all I can Right, that's all you got, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? In the early 2000s, you know, the internet wasn't cooking like it is now. Right. You know, there was no YouTube until 2006, so it was like, right. this is all we got. So people gravitated you know, towards MMA to where it's like, oh, these dudes are actually fighting. You know, they have great characters. I can get behind this one person. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I'm I'm bound to see a submission, a knockout, something good. You know right. what I'm saying? So Dan gravitated towards it. I did. Like, I can't even lie. Like, I started watching Strike Force. I started watching UFC. I started, mm-hmm. you know, back and watching Pride Fighting back in Japan or Pancreas in Japan as well. And it's like, you see all these fighters where they came from and like, just the, the the emotion of it all, and it's real. You know, it's real. Like they're not playing right. around. Like you like that. That's there's something primal within you where you just gravitate towards that. And I think that's what happened. And, and it, I don't think it, wrestling fans will ever become as big as they were in the '90s because no. it was just a simpler time. There wasn't as much entertaining stuff on TV. Now the internet, you can watch whatever you want. You want to watch wrestling? Cool. Mm-hmm. You want to watch something weird? You got something for that. Like so. I don't think it will ever get that big. The world has become too small. Mm, mm. Hey, Dre, uh, I was at the, I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was at the Omaha airport. I was going home to Fort Worth for uh, training, and I was in a bathroom, and I said, man, this dude look familiar. Motherfucker was Kurt Angle, man. Motherfucker had a WrestleMania jacket on. Yeah, I didn't say anything to him because you know them guys probably get tired of getting approached, you know. But I, it was it was him. He was washing his hands, and I just got to using the restroom. I was about to wash my hands, and he walked right by me. He had the WrestleMania like some kind of members only jacket. I'm like, man, that's fucking Kurt Angle just walked by me, and that motherfucker same height as me, man. That dude was short as hell. 
Yo, they're short. I know. Yo. I'm like, damn, man. I'm thinking your ass at giant and shit. You fucking boys up. You the same fucking height as me, man. Look like a regular cat, man. Yo, TV makes you look bigger than what you are, man. Yeah, like, that's crazy. I remember, um, I was what early, no, late '90s. Bob Backlund actually was trying to get um a position of like um I think mayor. Yeah. Connecticut, and I was like, Bob Backlund is out of his mind. Yeah. He has been crazy <laughs> since the 80s. Hell yeah. No, nobody's going to vote for you. Like, <laughs> What was his move? The, the some chicken wing? The what? The cross-faced chicken wing. Yeah, the cross-faced chicken wing. Hell yeah. yeah. Bob Backlund with his crazy ass. Yo, he was bugged out. Man, no, the dude I was scared of the most was uh, Papa Shango. Oh, yeah. yeah but then he I remember when he came golf. out, when Ultimate Warrior was in the ring, and then he came out with that fucking skull, and that motherfucker started throwing up and shit. I said, oh, man, I ain't fucking with his ass. <laughs> This motherfucker made yeah. Ultimate Warrior throw up? Hell no. Nah. Ultimate Yo, Warrior I, was a shit. No, I, no, I'm sorry. I can't agree with you. Ultimate Warrior, I did not like him. Man, I, 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 come on, bro. Yo, all he did was like three clotheslines. Exactly. And that that's was how he did to do, man. It's right here, man. Come oh, on. No. Take your jokes. No, no. Uh, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Came in the ring running. Come on. He got he, momentum. He was trash. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior was he trash. He was trash. <laughs> I ain't even gonna oh, lie to do man. He got he was, you pumped. Yo, he was the he was a top guy for like two years, and that was it. And then he disappeared. Like, yeah. Oh shit, Papa Papa Shango was Baron Sumdi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Spells past, bro. He was making people throw up and like passing out and stuff. Oh, yeah. That, he, he was part Sumdi. of the national domination. Papa Shango was. Yeah. He was coming. He was. That's Papa Shango. Yeah, the Godfather, Papa Shango. Yeah, Papa. I didn't know that's Papa Shango. Yeah. Oh, I, I found out a long time ago that the dentist was Kane. Remember the dentist? Yeah. That's yeah. that's Kane. His name was Isaac Yankum. Yeah, Isaac yeah. Yankum. That was Kane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. You know, before they get to the WWF, man, they have such a long career before they make it to the big stage. And that's what I'm always interested in. And that's why I go to like independent wrestling. So you get to see them before they really get big and you become a fan of them. Oh, snap. Yeah. Man, you're going to have to get you a TV deal or something with WF, man. They're going to have to pay you, man. (laughs) Yo, yo. I'm telling you, man, like it's, it's cool though. Like just enjoying just wrestling man and really watching it becoming a fan of it like i watch japanese wrestling i don't know what they saying but i know they just hit each other like they hate each other so it's um it's definitely really interesting to watch man and i mean y'all guys should watch it man even on youtube like i would tell you guys no chris i'll send you something i'm mm-hmm. gonna send you a video to watch how okay how serious they take wrestling in japan and you are when you'll see it it's gonna be a quick video and I'll send it to you. You'll see what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause um. All right, all right. We back. It's time for the landing. So first of all, I like to say first of all, I like to thank Dre Forty One for for coming, a blessing on this show. Yes, sir. Please do not let this be your last time. Uh, we want oh, you to come oh, back. I'm bringing you back. He coming back. I got some old wrestling stuff I got to get off my chest. He coming listen, back. Listen, we could talk about wrestling, horror movies, whatever. Yeah, he coming back. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, and, 
and I I just want to say this real quick before I let AP and Dre have the mic. I was uh, uh, very intrigued about tonight's topic. Uh, I was more of a wrestling fan when I was a kid, and I kind of got away from it in my adulthood. But it was just a enlightenment for, for me to reminisce all the my wrestling moments and to learn a lot about things I didn't know beforehand. So... Also, I just want to say shout out to No Limit for their House of Glory. Hopefully, they get that up and popping, and and I'll be supporting that too as well. Uh, what you got for me, AP? Man, I mean, just from this episode tonight, man, my boy Dre he brought me back to <laughs> my uh, childhood. Man, I mean, I, I, a lot of reminiscing. Man, that was back back when times was simpler. I don't mm-hmm. think we had a lot of stuff going on and want this. You know, this transgender and all this other, you know, it just it was just more simple times, man, where you can, you know, you just have fun hanging out, watching. Re- like, I used to go home every Monday night and was looking forward to Raw just to see what had happened. You know what I'm saying? That's like that made my week, like figuring yeah. out what happened. And then, you know, at the end, they had that cliffhanger. But, oh, damn, I can't wait to see what happened next. You know what I'm saying? Because they left that cliffhanger. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just, man, this is a good episode, man. I, and for all the wrestling fans out there that, Grew up watching WWF and WCW. I think you enjoyed this episode a lot. And I just mm-hmm. appreciate you, Dre, for getting on this uh, episode with us, man, and just enlightening us on the the wrestling as a whole and as a culture, man. I appreciate you, bro. No, not a problem at all. Like, I, I definitely appreciate you guys bringing me on, man. Like this, this is definitely something that I wanted to do for a long period of time because I could do videos by myself all day long, but to have you know a group of guys in here just talking about it, reminiscing about you know back when we was younger, man. That's that's definitely the coolest thing. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. And also, uh, our, our Dre, Kim Trails Dre, Trader Dre. Man, I would like for you to meet him uh, when he come back from his trip. So, yeah. and I, uh, and I. To thank y'all too also will get along, man. Uh what can we uh find you? I think I said earlier, uh Dre 41 Gaming. You wanna um tell them where they can find you? Yeah, so if you guys are, you know, wrestling fans, whether it's you know watching on TV, the internet, video games, whatever the case is, um, you can Google search me, Dre 41 uh directly. You can go to YouTube as Dre 41 Gaming. Same thing on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on there, I'm always posting different things, uh, mostly with wrestling or basketball, maybe a little bit of stuff with football, but um, yeah, wrestling's my thing. Oh man, that's that's what's up, man. Man, and uh... Like I said, again, you can follow us at chemtrailspodcast at gmail.com. That's our email. Chemtrailspodcast at Instagram and Facebook. Y'all can also follow me on Twitter at mo underscore Chris on Twitter. And that's it, man. We out, man. <laughs> yeah. Are you looking for financial security? We all are. I'm Trader Dre, and whether you're a new or a veteran investor, join us at TraderDre.com, where you can get the latest information on the markets and the news and understanding of how you can empower yourself to trade better for the future. What up, what up? It's your boy, AP. 
Make sure you follow us at Chemtrails Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Once again, that's Chemtrails Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace out. Get your voice heard at www.chemtrails.mn.co. Join the community. Thank you.